Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hope everybody had a great, great week. Uh, man, <laughs> what, what a week. Um, first of all, happy Father's Day, everyone. <laughs> Let me start there. Um, but what a week. Uh, we've been watching the airwaves and, and obviously historic week where we had a former president to be indicted. Not once, but twice. But this latest one seems to be uh, a big, big deal because he actually had to fly into Miami and actually had to turn himself in and be arraigned. Um, So I wanted to not waste any time uh, because the guy I got on the phone is so busy. I don't want to waste any of this time. I need to get him talking to us right now. And y'all. Y'all see him on MSNBC. You see him on Morning Joe on CNN. Everybody wants to talk to him. Uh, Dave Ehrenberg, who's the state attorney from Palm Beach County. And y'all, that's so important because this case will be tried in Palm Beach County. So having Dave with us today is is special. He's a good friend, one of the most powerful figures in Palm Beach County. Uh, he was born in Miami, y'all, which explains this this affinity he has for the University of Miami. Don't understand <laughs> it at all, but it's something that I have to deal with from time to time when I see him. Uh, but born in Miami, graduated with with honors from Harvard College and Harvard Law School. Uh, he was a, I met him, y'all. Even though I'm from West Palm Beach, I met him uh, as a state senator uh, in Florida, one of the youngest elected state senators back in 2002. And, you know, now he's state attorney. He's been there since, uh, I think, 2012 and just came out hot this week is that he's not running again. And uh, <laughs> I know Dave Ehrenberg well enough to know that he's not telling us something. So maybe he'll make maybe he'll break news on Sean Pittman's show. I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Dave, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Oh, Sean, it's great to be with you. You know what? There's only one VIP on this call and it ain't me. <laughs> uh, and there's only one person whose picture is splashed across the Tallahassee airport. And it's not me. So it's great to be with you, Sean. An honor. Well, listen, all you got to do is pay for it. <laughs> They'll be happy to do it. I could actually let you have my spot, which is a very nice spot, by the way. Uh, but since you're going to, you know, move on to something else, maybe it'll be time for you to put a sign up there. I don't know. I don't know. You could tell us later. I don't know. Pitt, Pittman and Ehrenberg have a good good sound to it. You know, it rolls to, off the tongue. It'd have to be Ehrenberg Pittman because, you know, I'm not going to work as hard as you. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. You're busy, man. You got a lot going on down there. I, and, and so thank you, first of all, for coming on the show, because I know that you're getting inundated with calls. Uh, I know that that the height. I mean, th- something's always going on in Palm Beach County. But this this is this is huge. Right. So tell us tell us what's going on down there, man. And and uh, and I've heard you on uh, national news talking about this. some, um, But, 
you know, the former president, while he scrambles to find attorneys down there, and I think he's landed, a, I think he's landed a couple. Um, what's what's in store for him now? Yeah, he's going to go through some things. He is in a lot of trouble because this is a very powerful and damning indictment against him. You know, there was a lot of criticism out of New York because people were underwhelmed at the indictment up there, but they can't say the same here. Jack Smith put together a lot of details in the indictment that shows how Trump was involved in every step of this, from the packing of the boxes to the moving of the boxes to the storage of the boxes to the hiding of the boxes to asking people to lie for him and the dissemination of information in the boxes. And that's why he's being charged with all those counts of espionage, which can get you up to 10 years per count, and obstruction, which gets you up to 20 years per count, and lying, which can get you up to five years per count. And so he's in some serious trouble. Uh, one good thing for him that happened to him was that he got the luck of the draw and pulled a judge, Judge Eileen Cannon, who has shown that previous rulings of her have been very favorable to the former president. He's yeah. the one who appointed her. And it's not a conspiracy that she was selected. It was just random. Out of four judges, she got the call. And so that adds a layer of, of complexity to this. And it's not going to be easy for prosecutors. But as far as the facts go, the evidence, they got a really good case. Well, and let's talk about that, right? Because social media is, is man, social media is tough. I mean, this whole time, social it's been going out on social media that that out of 15 judges, you know, it's a conspiracy that it ended up <laughs> to be a judge that he appointed uh, who has a history of, of favorable, you know, of judging fa- in his favor uh, in some ways. But you're saying that it wasn't 15. It's just four. Right. And that's because as I posted on on my Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, I encourage your listeners to check them out. I posted a clip where I was on Morning Joe and I held up the uh, the sheet that Jack Smith had to check, which requested that this case be in the West Palm Beach division of the Southern District of Florida. And the reason why he did that is because that's where this case should be. It was Mar-a-Lago just minutes away. There is no connection to Miami, except that Miami perhaps has a better security apparatus, a better infrastructure down there to handle all the craziness. But it should be here. Uh, Miami is an hour and a half away from West Palm. So here we are. And within the West Palm Beach division, there are four potential judges. And then there's a question of workload. And so it gets randomly assigned to the judge uh, who has the ability to have the case be, uh, with less of a workload. And that was Judge Cannon. It was not one of 15 or anything like that. And the clerk of courts is someone I know. She's the one who's behind all this and she's someone with high ethics and integrity. I can vouch for her, Angela Noble. So there is no conspiracy here. It's just for prosecutors, bad luck. So you said just earlier, you said, okay, he's he's really in trouble here, right? And we know that the transcript of the conversation that Trump allegedly had about the sensitivity of military documents, text between his employees and the description of the documents he alleged that he hid in the shower and I mean they alleged that he hid in the shower a bathroom a ballroom all that's public information and people have been talking about that but talk to us a little bit from your legal perspective you know what are the risks associated with this classified information that that we're talking about here yeah you're putting human intelligence sources at risk people's lives in danger 
Their names are on those documents. There are secret attack plans against Iran that Trump held up and apparently may have showed to others who weren't allowed to see it. That's a part of the Espionage Act when you do that. The, uh, the materials include nuclear secrets. So these are really important national security documents. They affect all of us. And if you or I possess those documents and refuse to give them back, we would be sentenced to prison yesterday. The fact that Trump is being charged with it means that no one is above the law. It makes sense, right? I mean, that's sort of what everybody's saying here. But, you know, talk to us in layman's terms, right? Break down this indictment for people to better understand, as as special counsel Jack Smith said, the scope and the gravity of the crimes charged here. Well, after he left the White House, he took with him government property. Under the law, those documents are government property, just as Air Force One is government property. And the National Archives saw that stuff was missing, so they reached out to him, and he refused to give him back. He, he ghosted the uh, National Archives until, uh, after enough pestering, he did finally get back some boxes. And in the boxes were some classified documents. And that's when the Archives said, oh my, my goodness, this could be a crime, and they, they called in the Justice Department. The Justice Department investigated. They demanded a return of the documents. He didn't. Then they sent him a subpoena. He only partially complied with the subpoena, still withheld documents, tried to hide the documents, told his assistant to move the boxes around so the feds wouldn't see the boxes when they came to visit. And then the feds finally had enough and they went to a judge and they said, and they proved that there's probable cause that a crime had occurred and that evidence of the crime would be found at Mar-a-Lago. So they got a search warrant and they searched Mar-a-Lago and they found all these classified documents, our national secrets being just kept in his in his office, in his bathroom, I mean, all over. And look, there are there are Chinese spies who have infiltrated Mar-a-Lago in the past. And it, it, just, it just puts our entire country's national security at risk. This is serious. These aren't just like love letters to Kim Jong-un. This is about the safety of our country. And so he is being treated like everyone else. There was an, a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force who did something similar. He's a retired lieutenant colonel. He possessed all these classified documents didn't give him back, and he was recently sentenced to three years in prison. So Trump is facing real prison time, but the thing he has on his side are two things. Number one, he's got a judge that in the past has been very favorable to him. And number two, he's such a polarizing individual with such intense support amongst his base that in the 12-person jury, all he needs is one. Just one person. Who will say no. Yeah. Yep. Just one person who will be like, I, I ain't sending uh, <laughs> the, the man to prison and then uh, it's a hung jury. So he may play for that. And he's got a good chance of getting that one uh, out of 12. Um, let me ask you this, because he's making statements. You know, I don't do criminal law. Um, don't understand it to the extent that you that you would, of course. But these statements that he's making at rallies and and the things that he's saying, I mean, should he be doing that? I mean, is his lawyer sitting back like, oh, my God, all this is can be used against him, right? Oh, yeah. And that's why he's having trouble finding good representation. Because when your client is out there making admissions, it makes your job harder. When he goes out, like he did yesterday in Bedminster and said, hey, under the Presidential Records Act, I'm allowed to keep the documents. I kept them. And now that's a lie. Under the, under the act, you're not allowed to keep them. So when you admitted that I knowingly kept the documents, that's an admission. That will be used wow. against him in court, whether Trump testifies or not. 
So it's getting harder and harder every day, every time Trump speaks. And as a lawyer, he's not going to listen to you when you say you got to zip it. No, nope, it ain't happening. So that's the reason why he's having trouble finding good counsel. It's unbelievable. Um, talk to us about his age. You mentioned him moments ago. Um, Walt, Walt Nada, is that how you say his last name? Yeah. What, what is he being charged? Is he being charged with the exact same counts or or is he is or there just some of them that apply to him? Some of them apply to him. Uh, one of the counts of the 38 applies just to him. So what he did was he helped Trump obstruct. There's a conspiracy to obstruct. He tried to hide the documents with Trump. He knowingly moved around the documents. And then, to make matters worse, when he was questioned about it by investigators, he lied. He said, I don't know about what you're talking about. I, I didn't move any documents. I don't know. And then they got a copy of the surveillance video, and, you know, he was busted. People lie, but video doesn't. And so he's in a lot of trouble. And the person who represents him um, is being paid by Donald Trump. He needs to find his own lawyer because he's got two decisions. Either he cooperates and gets leniency or he pulls an Alan Weisselberg and goes to jail. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, there are a lot of people feeling sorry for him. Right. Um, if you look at social media, a lot of folks are like, you know, this isn't fair. He's a you know, he was just doing what his boss was telling him to do. But his boss didn't tell him to lie, right? And and even if he did tell him to lie, once you lie to investigators, you own it, man, right? I mean, <laughs> I understand if, if the boss has moved these documents. I understand that. When the boss says lie to federal investigators, yeah, that's, uh, that's you're problem. assuming that risk. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. And, you, and you're, you're, you're complicit at that point, right? Wow. Exactly. So you, you used to be a, a senator in this state, which means you ran for office. So I'm only asking this, asking you this next question because you qualify as a former politician and you have to run for the office you're in now. This guy's going to be running for president doing all of this. Tell, talk to us a little bit about the timing of this trial or case or settlement or whatever. What's the timing of this? Will this happen? Likely happen before he runs for president, or or can this get pushed along and his president actually helps him? Uh, avoid some of this. Yeah, this is another Trump defense strategy is to delay, delay, delay. He wants to push us past the 2024 elections where he is hoping he will be elected or a Republican who will pardon him. And he is trying his best to slow these things down. Jack Smith wants to speed it up. And it's up to the judge, really. And it's up to Judge Cannon. So that's another way she could help Trump if she wanted to by slowing this down. And I don't see this going to trial before the 2024 elections. I think that there are too many potential delays that Trump will seek and possibly get. I think the number of documents involved, the fact that they're classified and there are certain laws you have to follow to allow defense counsel and the defendant himself to see it. So you've got all these complications that will make it hard to try this case with enough time before the November 2024 elections. So I think it's going to happen afterwards. And ironically, the one case that may end up going, I think most likely ends up going before the election will be the weakest of the four cases, the one out of New York. Right. Do you expect the Georgia indictment to come before uh, the election? I think it's coming next month. I, I think it's coming by the end of July, possibly August. And that one, to me, is the second most uh, powerful case against Donald Trump. Number one is the Mar-a-Lago documents. Number two is Fulton County. Fonnie Willis, find me 11,780 votes. Number three would be January 6th, which is, I think, the most important case because someone 
up on the top needs to be held accountable for the attempted insurrection. But that's a harder one because unlike the documents, you don't have a direct tie between Trump and the criminality. It's a little more attenuated. There are layers between him and the violence that day. It'll be harder to prove. And number four will be the New York case. I think the Mar-a-Lago document case is the easiest one to prove. You just have to have an impartial jury and judge. The number two one, Fulton County, I think is relatively easy to prove because he's on tape committing the alleged crimes. And number three, January 6th is just so important and everyone gets it. It's just tougher to prove. And number four, you know, I mean, they could prove it, especially in front of a New York jury. But, you know, I'm not sure that he even gets prison time, even if it's proven. And that one hasn't really sold well in the court of public opinion. It doesn't feel like it's uh, big time. It feels a little bit like a, like weak sauce. So I think we heard what the best possible scenario uh, for Donald Trump uh, from you minutes ago. And it's probably a couple best and not and just under best. What is the worst possible scenario uh, that we should have in our minds that could possibly happen in this? Worst possible scenario for the country or for Donald Trump himself? For Donald Trump. Well, for Donald Trump, he can go to prison. I mean, he could be found guilty, go to prison, and then be found guilty in Georgia, be found guilty with January 6th, and be found guilty in New York. And of those four cases, <laughs> interestingly, although the strongest case to me is the Mar-a-Lago documents, he may fear Fulton County and New York the most because a future president, even a President Donald Trump, cannot pardon him for state crimes. If you're convicted at the state level, you're going to prison, and the president cannot save you. Wow. So there's just so this is this is complicated stuff, right? It's it's just and then it's just not as easy as what most people go through. Adding that he's running for president, but state versus federal, um, the timing becomes really important. Are there any constitutional issues up in the air on this? Does this case bring about any constitutional issues that we should be aware of or or that are interesting? Well, in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. There is a, a big question about the attorney-client privilege, which is not really a constitutional issue, but it's, it's an important issue because the key evidence against Trump comes in the form of notes from his lawyer, Evan Corcoran, who Trump allegedly tried to use to facilitate the crime of obstruction. And that's how the Department of Justice got access to Corcoran's notes, who took extensive notes and was able to... Uh, provide the government because the attorney-client privilege was pierced by the crime fraud exception. The government got his notes and had been using them against Trump. That's big. That will be litigated again in front of Judge Cannon here in South Florida. So although that's not necessarily a constitutional issue, that's a big issue. And then there's an issue, if he is convicted, of whether as president you can pardon yourself. Now that's a constitutional issue. I think probably not, but it has not been decided yet. So if Trump gets convicted and gets elected president, we're going to be dealing with a constitutional crisis that we've never had before. Why? With a, with a conservative court that, you know, he had a lot to do with uh, making it conservative. Well, but they ruled against him. <laughs> but they ruled But they ruled against him on his taxes, um, on the uh, January 6th documents. They have proven that even though you, uh, Alito and, and Thomas are most likely to go with him, the other judges, even the ones that he appointed, will not. Wow. This is going to be interesting, man. And you're, you know, your your point of view is great to have it and great to still have you at the forefront. Uh, but I did hear that you are not running again. Now, here's a guy, and I'm talking to Jessica, who's standing here, my producer. Here's a guy who could get elected 
over and over again because he does a great job and people love him. I'm from Palm Beach. We love him. What are you doing to us, man? Sean, I appreciate the nice words, man. And I love this job. And I'm not leaving until January 2025. So I still have a ways to go. It's just that after three terms, 12 years, you know, it's time to move on and try something new. And these jobs are never meant to be forever. And, you know, I, I when I first got elected, I always thought I'd serve two terms. But then we had unfinished business and COVID hit. And I thought, you know, we needed to stay here and can, can complete the work. But now we've really completed the, the, the main task that I've set out. You know, we've uh, we've made some huge headway in the opioid epidemic and the fight against corrupted drug treatment centers, which has been a priority. We've increased our conviction rates from dead last to amongst the tops in the state, decreased the, uh, the juvenile direct file rate, which is the number of young people filed into adult court. We've decreased that. So we, we have the right balance here. And, you know, I just think this is the right time to try something different and to uh, start a new chapter of life. And you know, you know, I, I'm not certain yet where that will be, but in the next year and a half, I'm going to figure it out. Um, I would love this job forever and the people I work with. But, you know, hey, it's time for, for a second act, Sean. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So let's just say if it's if it's, you know, some big national TV thing, you know, that that, you know, I get to be your lawyer. <laughs> your agent, your agent. lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but more than anything, man, we have the confidence that that you're very strategic about your moves so um, even if this is just a break in between uh, it probably is one that you feel like you need but we appreciate what you do down there man and and listen I I do I laugh and joke about the national TV thing but you're very good at it and you're very informative and I think I think the people love you so whatever you do man keep us informed and let us give us a chance to be there with you all right Sean, thank you. You know, this is not the end for me. Uh, people said, good luck in your retirement. I'm like, I'm not retiring. Yeah, you're too young for is that. This a, <laughs> next chapter? Yeah, no. And it doesn't mean I'm retiring from politics. I, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. It's just that in this role, I think it's good to have someone else continue our vision, start anew, and uh, let's see what the future holds. But uh, either way, I want to come back on your show sometime. So please have I me. love it, man. And and hey, don't, don't miss what I said to you now. I said... Very clearly, <laughs> when you figure out what it is, give us a chance to be there with you. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, you know what? I, I it, maybe that's a new area of the law for you is to be an agent, a TV agent. I like that. I like it too. We'll talk about percentages. That sounds good. <laughs> Listen, Dave Ehrenberg, uh, a great friend, but uh, and a, and the great state attorney in Palm Beach County. Thanks for being with us, uh, <laughs> listeners. Stay with us for a short Pittman point. It's Father's Day. Right after this. You're listening to The Sean Pittman Show. Wrong, choose right and be standing up from the hospital that first night. Took an hour just to get. 
the car seat in right. People driving off fast got me kind of upset. Got you home safe, placed you in your bassinet. That night, I don't think one wink I slept as I slipped out my bed to your crib. I crept, touched your head gently, felt my heart melt. Cause I knew I loved you more than life itself. Into my knees, and I begged the Lord, please let me be a good daddy. All he needs love, knowledge, discipline too. I pledge my life to you. Trust the two of us. Just me and you, just me and you. Just the two of us. Woo. Building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. You and huh. I. Five years old, bringing comedy. Every time I look at you, I think, man, a little me just like me. Wait and see, gonna be tall. Makes me laugh, cause you got your dad's ears and all. Sometimes I wonder what you gonna be. A general, a doctor, maybe an MC. I wanna kiss you all the time, but I will test that butt when you cut out a line. True that, uh uh uh, why you do that? I try to be a tough dad, but you be making me laugh. Crazy joy, when I see the eyes of my baby boy. I pledge to you, I will always do everything I can. Show you how to be a man. Dignity, integrity, honor, and I don't mind if you lose long as you came with it. And you can cry, ain't no shame in it. It didn't work out with me and your mom. But yo, push come to shove, you was conceived in love So if the world attacks and you slide off track Remember one fact, I got your back uh. Just the two of us We can make it uh-huh. if we try uh. Just, Just me and you, Just me and you Just the two of us Just the two of us Time job to be a good dad. You got so much more stuff than I had. I gotta study just to keep with the changing times. 101 Dalmatians on your CD rhyme. CD, I'm trying to pretend I know on my PC where that CD go. But yo, ain't nothing promised. One day I'll be gone. Feel the strife, but trust life does go on. But just in case, it's my place to impart. One day some girl's gonna break your heart. And ooh, ain't no pain like from the opposite sex. Gonna hurt bad, but don't take it out on the next. Throughout life, people will make you mad Disrespect you and treat you bad Let God deal with the things they do Cause hate in your heart will consume you too Always tell the truth, say your prayers Hold doors, pull out chairs, easy on the swears You're living proof that dreams come true I love you and I'm here for you uh. Just the two of us We can make it if we try it's time for Pittman's Point on 96.1 Jams. Welcome back to the show, y'all. The third Sunday in June is always designated as one day of the year where we put all of our energy in celebrating the fellas. So I want to take a moment to acknowledge all the fathers, uncles, stepfathers, and loved ones who have been parenting, raising, and advising the next generations because it's Father's Day. And now... Uh, we know there's nothing like a mother's love. But fathers, y'all, we hit differently, don't we? And although we don't get enough depictions of men, especially black men being present and and expressing tenderness for our children, uh, we know this isn't the case. Here's a few reasons why. Fathers are protective. Where you at? What time you getting home? (laughs) Uh, We may get on your nerves, but we're concerned about your well-being. There's an inclination in us that that wants to make sure you're safe. Fathers are providers, y'all. And when I say provision, 
It's more than money. It's wisdom, friendship, counsel, camaraderie, perspective, insight, and a giving spirit. Even if he doesn't make that much money, he's still contributing and giving in every way that he knows how, right? Y'all, fathers are promoters. Trust me, we will do everything in our power, in our wisdom, and in our gifting to promote our children. We want them to look good. Above all else, we want them to be good. We're also going to be uh, their number one hype men, right? Uh, And show up. Uh, for whatever fight that's thrown your way. Fathers and father figures will tell you the great things you can become and what you can do. And we're also going to encourage and remind you of that over and over again. We're going to encourage and remind you that you're better than this, whatever that this is. This is not the end. Get back up and fight again. And you're a winner if you don't quit. You're going to make it. All of those things, we will remind you. And for those of us who are girl dads, just take all that I've said times about 100. The girl dads out there know what I'm talking about. There is just that extra something uh, with a girl that as a dad, you feel like you have to be there in every single way. And you know what? We've learned that if you're a good girl dad, you got somebody who's going to be with you, be by your side forever, right? All right, we'll figure, I don't know, because my girls are still young. Uh, But those of you who have girls that are out there who are women now, let us know how that works. Fatherhood can be a struggle sometimes, y'all, but it's a labor of love and one that should be appreciated. So the Pittman point today uh, is to the fathers and to those who are in a dad role, thank you for standing by your children in every way possible. We hope you have a great, great day. And hope you know that you are seen, honored, and loved through thick and thin. This is the Sean Pittman Show. Happy Father's Day. We'll see you in seven. This is the Sean Pittman Show on 96.1 Jams, Tallahassee's big station. We got this.